welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Let me start today by asking you a question. Where is Jesus? Right now, relative to wherever you are, whatever's going on in your life, where is Jesus? Now, I suppose we would get a variety of answers. Some would say, well, Jesus is in heaven. He's sitting at the right hand of God, just like the Bible teaches. You may even say it's the picture of Revelation 4 and 5, the throne room scene that we've studied before in a previous episode that he is in the courts of glory, standing next to the Father, holding this book of future judgment that only he can open. And that's great. And I guess I would have a follow-up question, which is, where is that? Like, in terms of distance, if you were going to measure it in miles or light years, where is Jesus? Now, others might say, well, actually, I would say Jesus is right here with me. I would argue that he is always in the room and that even right now, he's just inches away, standing next to me or sitting in the seat beside me. Jesus is holding my hand or he has his hand upon my shoulder. There are all kinds of answers and in some ways, everyone is right. Wherever you picture Jesus, that's where he is. You might say, I don't know if that's doctrinally sound. It sounds pretty subjective to me. But you and I both know that God, God the Father and God the Son and the Spirit, are what we call omnipresent. Jesus is everywhere. He is the power of deity, not bound by space or time. David wrote in Psalm 139, "'Where can I go from your spirit?' Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will lay hold of me. Did you see that? He's all the way up in heaven. He's down below the grave of death. He is in the most remote part of the sea. And wherever David is, God is right there beside him with his right hand upon him. So you see, no answer is incorrect so long as you know that he is never far away. That Jesus is always present. And I'm just here to tell you today, This is an important message. We talk a lot in this series about getting better, about fighting for more, excelling still more. We talk about cultivating deeper faith, more regular Bible study, more emotional prayer, more devoted Christian service. We talk about friendships, building better relationships, trying to iron out problems in troubled relationships. We talk about fitness, taking care of your body, trying to stay healthy, enjoying every day for what it is. 
We even talk about finances, making responsible decisions, giving to people who have need. I'm just here to make very clear today that the concept of limiting Jesus to some faraway presence in the heavenly land on a throne is not going to give you the kind of strength that you need to succeed. He is there. He does have that position. But also, I am never alone. It's not like I'm walking some road alone, and if I stick with it till the very end, I'll get to be in the presence of God. I live in the presence of God. I am never alone. Every fight I fight in the name of Jesus, he fights with me. So to be clear, if you have the Bible with you, you have the Lord with you. If you have godly people with you, you have the Lord with you. But his presence goes even beyond that. What I want to show you during the next few minutes, I want to show you other Bible passages in addition to Psalm 139 that build a very personal, present, connected sense of what it means to have Jesus in your midst, and then we'll talk about how you use that. If you can see that every day and every place you go, what are the implications? And to me, I think they're colossal. They really can change your life forever. So let's start our New Testament study in Matthew chapter 28. Here's what's going on. Jesus had been in the presence of the disciples for three years. Then he dies on a cross and he's buried, and the disciples are shattered by this. They now do not have Jesus in their presence, and they're devastated. Of course, just as he said, after three days, Jesus rises again and appears to them. So after a period of being reprimanded by Jesus for their unbelief, they get to enjoy him over a period of 40 days right there next to them again. But now he's about to ascend into heaven. And to be clear, he sends them on a mission. And so he's saying, I'm going to heaven, you're going into the world. But listen to the entirety of the Great Commission. All authority, Jesus said, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I'll admit this is a little difficult to comprehend. He's about to go up and ascend into heaven, and they watch that happen, and they're about to go out and take the message into the world. And yet he finishes not with, I'll be there and you'll be here and I'll see you later. He finishes with, let me be clear. I am ruling, but I am also with you always. I'm with you now. I'll be with you tomorrow. Every challenge that you face, I'll be there. Even into the end of your life, even into the end of the Christian age, which by the way, we're still in. This idea of I am with you always is a promise that is carried out consistently through the life of every Christian in this age, and that means you, and that means me. And so you say, where is he then? Isn't he in heaven, and one day he will come back? Well, yes, he rules in heaven, and one day he will reveal himself in a visible way as this earth is ended. 
But to say that that is his location and this is yours and those are different is to miss the impact of his final phrase, I am with you always. Now, you might come back and say, well, that's just an expression. He's not really here. It's kind of like people who die. They're with us in spirit. That's not what he's saying here at all. Let me show this to you. A little while later in Acts chapter 18, the apostle Paul was working in the city of Corinth. He, by the way, was not one of those 11 men who heard that initial message, but he was an apostle of the Lord. And it said in verse 9, And the Lord said to Paul in the night by a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. Well, let me ask you, where is the Lord? Isn't he ascended unto heaven? Isn't he sitting at the right hand of God? He just spoke to Paul and said, I am with you. Which is it? He is everywhere, and that means here. So as we start to get to the application at the end of this lesson, I want you to understand the statement that you just heard. Jesus is everywhere, and that means Jesus is here. Jesus is everywhere, and that means wherever you are right now, He is there. You may visualize that, interpret that in different ways. You may visualize Jesus as a man standing next to you or see him sitting on his throne above the auditorium while you're in worship. These are consistent pictures with the way men like David in Psalm 139 and many others connected with the Lord's presence. And now you might come back and say, well, look, sounds great, but that's an Apostle thing, you know, that's I'm just a Christian a couple thousand years later, as if somehow Jesus has drifted farther away or heaven is now outside of our solar system or something. Not the case. I would argue that heaven is a spiritual realm right in front of us. We would be able to see it instantly in our presence if our eyes were able to do so. But to help bring you some personal comfort and some biblical instruction, I commend you to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4, while written by the Apostle Paul, is a message to all believers, whether they had spiritual gifts or not. And it's said in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be made known to all men. And then he said this, The Lord is near. He is not talking about the Lord's second coming in this verse. Because number one, he was not far away. And number two, he didn't come soon. It's been 2,000 years. That's not what he's talking about. He is talking about living a life knowing that you are always in the presence of your Savior and he is always there with you. He goes on to say, be anxious for nothing. Well, okay. Be anxious for nothing seemed impossible 10 minutes ago. But if the Savior of the world is right here with me, maybe it's possible. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus." Those are incredibly encouraging words. Jesus Christ, who is here near me, 
can help me be relieved of these anxieties and can fill me with peace right here and right now. So there you go. That's what I believe about Jesus. When I'm driving down the road, I sometimes can see him sitting there next to me. When I'm worshiping on Sunday, I can see him on the throne. When I'm preaching, I can see him sitting there in the pew listening. I know that those are only mental, subjective projections, but they are projections of the true. It is true that Jesus is with me. Okay, so what are the implications of this belief? Well, firstly, some people may not like this. It's much more comforting to think of Jesus as super far away, and one day I will stand in front of him, and we will be together, and I'll need to be ready when I get there, but in the meantime, I've got time and space. But it's entirely different if Jesus is already with you, if he's standing there beside you, if he's watching your every move. Some people might consider that a very terrifying idea. He's watching me? The way I've been behaving, he's here? Yes, he is. That's for sure. And so what it might do is motivate us to quit putting off repentance. If there are things I'm doing to sabotage my marriage or relationships, and I feel like that's just between my wife and me, I won't make that mistake anymore. We are never alone. Jesus is always with us. And so I answer to him not one day to come. I answer to him now. So one of the things it can do is help you more instantly address things in your life that aren't right. It can also help you address with more courage things that people around you are doing wrong. I mean, think about it. If Jesus Christ in bodily form came to your house to have dinner with you, and while he was there, one of your family members came over and was talking about inappropriate things or using inappropriate words, or they were in some inappropriate relationship, would you feel comfortable to sit there and let that happen while Jesus sat next to you and observed it? Yeah, me neither. I'd be like, look, Jesus is at dinner with us tonight. You're going to have to change the way you talk and what you talk about. Boy, it would be a totally different picture. Here's the thing. This is the picture. Jesus is in my house. He is with my family. And so when other people are sinning, I can behave as if they were actually doing it in front of the Savior because, well, they are. But there are also some really positive takeaways for this. For the Christian, the presence of Jesus is a very comforting thought. When we sin, we repent. He forgives us. So we're not afraid to have him around. We want him around. Well, he's around anyway. We want to recognize that he's around. How does that help us? Well, look at Philippians 4, anxiety. I can't be burdened by fear and grief and anxiety throughout my day. I'm rejoicing in the Lord. You say, how could you rejoice in the Lord? You have all these issues you're dealing with. Well, the answer is simple. The Lord is near. I go to God and there is a comfort that Jesus provides to me from his power and also his presence that I can lean upon often. And also this text is about prayer. I am not praying to a God who's 50 million light years away in some spiritual world of which I have no connection. I am praying to my Father through the compassion and love of the Son as he holds my hand when I offer up these words. Does that change things? It 
changes things incredibly. And lastly, I would say it's just an important part of daily focus. We've all got a lot going on today, much of which is not directly connected to kingdom work or the growth that I've committed in Christ. But when I can throughout the day remember that he walks with me, two great things take place in my life. And I want to leave you with this. Number one, even in the midst of the minutiae of the normal and the necessary every day, I find a time to do something spiritual. A prayer, a Bible read, a daily highlight. Jesus is here. It's what he wants. I'm motivated by his presence and I do it. And secondly, even the regularly scheduled programming of normal everyday living get infused with spiritual energy. Like, let's say I'm driving my son to school on Monday morning. I take my 15-year-old to school on Monday mornings, and there are a whole bunch of things we talk about. It's just part of what we do on Monday morning. But if the Son of God is sitting there in the back seat between us with his hand on both of our shoulders looking at me, there's a pretty good chance I'm about to make Jesus a part of the next thing I say to my son. And look, it doesn't always have to have that visual imagery to it. But just that simple mental recognition of his presence has encouraged me more often to speak of Jesus in situations where maybe ordinarily I wouldn't have done so. So I sure hope you found this study and application useful today. Remember to do your own study on this. If you're not clear about it, spend some time looking at the omnipresence of the Lord, the way that Bible writers articulate that presence and the nature of the very personal relationship that Jesus has with his people. And as you go about living this day, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, take great comfort in knowing that Jesus is with you always. Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website, excelstillmore.life, where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.